Well, it's good to be with you again, and we've taken two weeks break from the series on Church Powerful that we've been doing for the past weeks. But today, I want to begin by talking about how to release, how to, to, to create an atmosphere in each one of our lives through which God is able to move in his power and in, in his anointing. You remember when we started the series, we started with the scripture and the words of Jesus to Peter, Matthew 16, verse 18. He said, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, why are we doing this series? Well, because the time has come for the church to go to new levels, and for this scripture and this desire of the Lord Jesus Christ to become more and more fulfilled um, through in and through the church today. And so we're going to be talking now for the next couple of weeks about how to make way for the power of God to become more and more visible, more and more manifest in our lives and through our lives. Amen. Let me ask you this question as, as we begin this, uh, uh, these few weeks. How many of you would like to become more powerful in the Spirit? I would like to. I'll be very honest with you. I would like to. How many of you would like to pray and see results every single time? When you take authority over the demonic and you command a, a demon to leave and it, to see it obey you straight away. How many of you would like that? I would like that. Because I believe that God wants me to flow in the supernatural and in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Remember, it was common practice in the early, for the early disciples to heal the sick through prayer and to cast out devils, to perform miracles. It was common practice. In, through their ministry, throughout their ministry, and of course throughout the ministry of Jesus. Why would the church now be different? No, Jesus said the same works I've done, you will do even greater works. What was he talking about? Well, he's talking about his ministry. And if we say we're following in his footsteps, then we should be seeing these things manifest in and through our lives. Amen? What happened to all of that? In today's church. Jesus has not changed. His intentions regarding his church are still the same. He's never changed. He still wants that, the manifestation of his authority and of his power to be available to the, the manifestation of a supernatural to be an everyday occurrence in believers. Well, we're going to be looking at areas that we need to look at in our lives in order to see that power manifest in us, flowing more and more in us and through us. Amen. Now, there are 10 things I'm going to talk to you about, and obviously this will take a couple of Sundays. And, uh, but this morning, I want to start with the very first one which is develop your love for God above all things. You want to see the power of God operate in your life, the anointing? You need to develop your love for God above all things. 
You see, God will only entrust his power to those who love him above all else. We need to put God first in our lives. You see, the church has often forgotten what it means to love the Lord. We, we, we get so caught in, in so many different facets of a Christian walk. We lose sight sometimes of the most important, and that is to love God and to retain that love, to retain it in our lives. Do you know that this is the most important commandment that Jesus lives with us? Matthew chapter 27, verses 37, 38. It says, Jesus said to him, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then he said, This is the greatest and most important commandment. Notice he didn't say this is a nice to have. He said this is a commandment. In other words, not an option. Not an option for the Christian. You know, Jesus asked Peter three times whether he loved him. He could have asked him once, and Peter said, of course I love you, Lord. You know, Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, for the second time, do you love me? Jesus said, uh, Peter said, well, of course, Lord, I love you. You should know that. Jesus looked at him a third time. He said, Peter, do you love me? Why did Jesus ask that question Three times. Let me tell you why. Because we can get caught up with so many facets, so many aspects of our walk as Christians that we forget the most important one, which is to nurture, to nourish, to refresh, to develop, to build our love for God. You see, Jesus wanted Peter to understand and to register one thing, and that is that everything he did must be motivated by love for him. And that same message goes down the generations to believers today. Everything we do as believers must be motivated by love for God. And you know, that is the time when we get to that place that we can truly say that we love God, really and truly. Amen. Loving God is a must for every Christian. It's not a choice. I'm laboring this because I know in my own life, I've been through seasons where I, got it, I took diversions. Not that I backslid or, or stopped being a Christian, no. But my focus was somewhere else. Do you know Christians and believers serve the Lord for many reasons? It's not always the love for God. Sometimes we serve God for our own selfish needs. You know, the crowds followed Jesus for that reason. Did they love him? No, they crucified him in the end. But they were there wherever he was, crowds of thousands. Why? They wanted the blessing for themselves, not because they loved him. And it's no different today in the church. Sometimes we serve God because we want the blessing. Sometimes we serve God because it's tradition in our families and in our lives. But you know what? That's, that is not truly what God is looking for. He's wanting our hearts. He's wanting us to love him above everything else. And that would be the motivation, the reason why we serve the Lord. It's not to get the blessing. 
Not because it's tradition, not because my parents went to church, therefore I also go to church. Not because I want to appease my conscience. Because I've done my duty towards God. Those are secondary things. But the most important is love for God. You see, if we cannot be trusted with his commandment, how much less will the Lord entrust us with his anointing and power? If, we, if he can't trust us to love him and to be conscious of the fact that we have to develop our love through relationship with him, through building. You know, relationships don't just happen. They are formed. We've got to form our relationship with God for that love to continue to grow. We can't just take it for granted. We've got to build on it. We've got to nurture it. Loving God is the basic foundation of serving God. It's the basic foundation for serving God. When I say basic foundation, it's like grade one. Not matric. You haven't arrived when you love God. You begin there. It's grade one. It's the foundation. It's the platform on which you build your Christian walk. Many Christians are in the church, but they have very little love for God. They've lost sight of that. They still, 20 years, 30 years down the road, they're still serving God purely to get the blessing. Well, let me tell you, that is not what blesses the heart of God. I can understand sometimes we start there out of ignorance because we've heard that if you go to church, you'll get blessed. If you pray, you'll get blessed or whatever. But we have to move from that position as we mature in the Lord. We have to transit from getting the blessing to loving God in order to see the manifestation of his anointing grow in our lives. Do you know that many Christians are angry with God? They feel God's let them down. I know many of them. I personally know them. Many Christians are disappointed with God. God's let me down. I'm disappointed. Many Christians are judgmental of God. How can God allow all this suffering? These are people who profess to be Christians, some of them. Many people, many Christians are defying of God, unforgiving towards God for what they perceive God has done to them. Now, I don't know how many of you have tried to love someone that you are angry with or disappointed with. Or towards whom you have unforgiveness in your heart and resentment. How many of you have tried to love someone like when you have all these emotions in you? Anger towards them, resentment, disappointment. You can't. You can't love someone wholeheartedly when you're angry with them and you haven't dealt with the anger or you, you are disappointed with them. In other words, you cannot have these attitudes in your heart and still, still claim to love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. We've got to deal with these things. If that's you, as I'm ministering the word this morning, and you've got things like this in your heart. Now, God doesn't hate you, by the way, because of that. He still loves you with the same love. His love is unconditional. But you can't love him because you've got these things in your heart. So you've got to deal with them. Go and get counsel. Go, 
go to the Holy Spirit. Ask him to show you how to deal with these things so that your heart is pure and clean and clear before God. Then you'll be able to love the Lord your God like he wants you to. If your love towards God has gone dry, can happen, and is non, or is non-existent because you've never given a thought to that, you need to do something about it. Don't stay in the place of dryness towards the Lord. You need to bring those attitudes to the Lord. The Holy Spirit, ask him to forgive you and to restore your love for him. Let me tell you, none of us in our own capacity can love God. But you know what? God has done this. He's shed, the Bible says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. In other words, God knows in our human nature, we can't love him the way he deserves to be loved. But he's given us that, that love in seed form. It's in us, just like faith is in us. He's given to every man the measure of faith. And every believer has received a measure of love that we need to love God. But we've got to develop that love. We've got to let it grow. We've got to ask the Holy Spirit to help us love God the way that he deserves to be loved. So unless you, you get there, unless you become conscious of where you are in terms of your love walk towards God, you will not experience a greater flow of his power and anointing in your life. You see, as I said earlier on, the love, to love the Lord is a commandment. It's not an option. It's not an option for a Christian. It's not an option. And the Spirit of God is our helper. He will help us get there because he knows we need his help. We can't do it on our own. You know, the interesting thing is when you go back to the words of Jesus we we read earlier on, it's not only a commandment, but it is the greatest commandment of all. That tells me if I can get that right with the help of God, then if I don't get other, other aspects right, that's okay. I've met the most important one. The greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord your God, all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. You see, Jesus is not going to marry a bride that doesn't love him. Would you marry a bride or a bridegroom that doesn't love you? Would you do that? She's not going to marry a bride who doesn't love him. In fact, I believe that Christians who are in the church without love for God will become very dry. You see, the love for God keeps us fresh in our relationship with God. But if that love goes dry, and if that love is not nurtured, you'll become dry in your relationship with God and end up like the five virgins who went to sleep without oil in their lamps. They had no oil. They couldn't switch these lamps on. They went dry. If you find yourself dry in your relationship with God or without motivation to serve the Lord, it could be a sure sign that your love for God has gone dry. You need to find out why you got to that place. It's very important, people of God. You need to find out what got me there. Did I lose focus? Or did I get angry with God? Or whatever. Did I backslide? Did I allow sin in my life? Or whatever it is. Am I feeling guilty? Or, you know, there's so many reasons why we can get to that place. But if you find yourself there, you need to deal with it. And deal with it as fast as you can.
Amen. Because God will not release and entrust his power to a church that is lukewarm towards him. We saw that a few weeks ago. Lukewarmness is one of the, re- of the hindrances for the power of God to flow in and through us. You remember the words of Jesus to the Laodicean church in the book of Revelations, chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. I just want to remind you, he says, since you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Wow. You say, I'm rich, I've become wealthy, I don't need anything. Yet you don't realize that you are miserable, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. Therefore, I advise you to buy from me gold purified in fire so that you may be rich. White clothes to wear so that you may keep the shame of your nakedness from showing. An ointment to put on your eyes so that you may see. Church, the first way that we facilitate the manifestation of the power of God in our life is to develop our love for God. Our love for God must become a priority in our lives. Listen to the amazing words from the Apostle Paul. This, this is quite something. It's going to shock you when I read this. It's coming from the book of Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22. Paul clearly says this. If anyone does not love the Lord, let him be condemned. Wow. Ah. You know, (laughs) I don't know about you. I wouldn't even dare to say something like this. But the great apostle, Paul, felt to say it. And he was talking to the Corinthian church. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. Can you understand why God will not release his power to Christians who do not love him above all else? I believe that this is one of the most important reasons why we see very little power of God in the church today. It's because love for God has become very dim in many, many believers' hearts. And it doesn't matter whether you are just a congregation member or a leader in the church or a pastor in the church or a prophet or an apostle. People flow in these anointings and in these callings, firstly because obviously God appoints them, but more importantly Sometimes they flow in these things, not because of a call, but because they like the position or they like this. And, you know, there are many reasons. And I'm not going to go into that today. We've got to check our hearts because the Bible says God doesn't look at the outer appearance. I can call myself apostle, prophet, evangelist, whatever. But if the love for God in my heart is dry, it means nothing to God. He's looking at the heart, not the outer appearance, not the title that I give myself. He's looking at my heart. So how do you check where your love for God is at? How do you check that? Well, you ask yourself some questions like this. I'm just going to make some suggestions. For example, do I love to pray and spend time with the Lord? Do I love, am I passionate about Praying and making time for God. Ask yourself that question. Do I love studying and applying God's word in my life? You can't say you love the Lord, but you don't like, you don't love his word. Am I passionate about the word of God? Am I passionate about spiritual things? 
discovering more on, in, in, in the area of the Spirit. Am I passionate about getting to know the Lord and His ways? To know Him. Not to know about Him, but to know Him. To have an intimate relationship with Him. Am I passionate about that? Am I prepared to lay down my own desires in order to walk with God and please Him? Am I excited to come to church on Sundays to meet with my Lord and get into the corporate anointing? And so on. There are many other questions we can ask ourselves. So I want to encourage you. Use questions like this. Check your heart out. It's important. You know what? I check my walk with God regularly. And then I discover, wow, I've forgotten, I've forgotten about this one. My goodness, I lost focus on this. If you don't check yourself, you'll never know where you've kind of taken a diversion. You got, we have to keep first things first. In other words, we need to have, if you want, I don't know if we can call it priorities, but there are things that are more important than others. That's the way life is. It applies to my personal life. It applies to my ministry. It applies to my walk with God. There are certain things that are non-negotiable. You can't lose sight of these things. And the very first one we're dealing with is love for God. It needs to burn passion for the Spirit of God, passion for the things of God. I'm going to stop here today because of time, because I also want to spend a little time just praying. It's not uncommon for Christians to go cold in their walk with God through times and seasons to go cold in their walk with God. It's not that they've turned their backs on God, but they've moved their focus. And some Christians will call it backsliding. Or you've gone dry in your relationship with God. You don't, you're not able to connect. You find it difficult to connect with Him. I want to pray for you. If you are in that condition today, I don't need you to be guilty. I don't need you to be ashamed. Many, many, many Christians go through these seasons for whatever reason. You may feel that God's let you down. You may feel disappointed. Maybe you lost your job in this COVID time and you feel, God, why did you allow this to happen in my life? Maybe you've been hit by sickness at the time when you were expecting the least and you can't help feeling a little disappointed with the Lord. And You know, these are normal aspects of life. And God is not angry with you because you're angry with Him. He's not angry with you because you're disappointed with Him. He knows your human nature. He knows that the flesh is weak. But today I want to pray for you. I want to pray that there will be a complete turnaround in, in how you feel so that you can begin to grow and develop your love for God again. At the end of the day, this is what God wants. He's not concerned that you, you, you be, you've gone dry for a time. He's more interested in you coming back to Him. Remember the prodigal son? Why did Jesus tell this parable? The father wasn't worried about his son when he got back home. He wasn't worried about him leading a life of debauchery and spending all his money. 
He never even mentioned it to him. He said, son, don't worry about these things. The important thing is you've come home. The important thing is you, you're here. Come on, let's celebrate. And so that's what God wants for you. So I want to first break every spirit of guilt that the enemy has put on you because you felt dry in your walk with God. I come against that spirit. I break the power of guilt on your life right now in Jesus' name. Do you know why this is important? Because guilt will stop you from moving forward in your walk with God. So Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I ask you to I take authority over guilt in anyone who is watching this program who feels dry towards you, who feels they kind of allowed themselves to move away from you, they backslidden, whatever it is, I break the power of guilt on their lives right now in Jesus' name. Do you know that Jesus took your guilt when he went to the cross? Guilt doesn't come from God. He doesn't put guilt on his children. It comes from the enemy, the accuser of a brethren. He accuses you and so you feel guilty. But God is not the accuser. He doesn't want you to walk around guilty. So be set free today. Be set free from guilt. Refuse guilt in your life. Because as long as you allow this there, you will not be able to move forward. I just have a picture. You've been behind the fence and there's a gate in front of you. And there's a beautiful, beautiful posture right in front of you. And that gate is guilt and it's stopping you from being able to cross this fence and go to the other side. Now push that gate open. Push it open right now in Jesus' name. And refuse to shut that gate again and walk through it into the posture that God wants for you. So now I'm just going to pray for you right now. If that's you, I want you to close your eyes for a minute and just receive a grace and the mercies of God. Do you know the Bible says His mercies are new every single day. The grace of God is so big and so abundant that none of us can even understand it. So right now, as I pray, just receive freedom from all of His things and freedom to be able to love God again like He wants you to love Him. And so Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for every person who has listened to this message and realized this is me. I'm not, I don't love God the way I should and I, I feel guilty about this and I'm dry. I, I don't, I don't, my relationship is not flowing the way it should be flowing. And I pray for them. I set them free today by the power of God in the anointing of the Spirit. I say be set free today. Be set free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just receive that freedom now. Take it, make it yours. And refuse to stay in that same place from this moment forward. And also, Holy Spirit, and let me pray. Father, I pray, Spirit of God, that you will help every one of these people to push that gate open and walk through it into freedom in Jesus' name. Help them Take their first steps in developing their love for God again. Help them grow that love in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
also want to pray for those of you who are still struggling financially and those of you who are struggling with sickness and disease, especially now at the outset of this time of change of seasons. We're getting into winter. People are struggling. Some are getting flu and whatever. So I want to pray for you. If you're sick right now, if you need finances, I want you to stretch your hand towards your device and let's believe God. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I come against the spirit of, of lack, the spirit of poverty. Lord, you said in your words, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I do not lack. And so Lord, right now, I declare that luck is broken over their lives in Jesus' name. And finances are coming their way. Finances are coming their way. In the name of Jesus. Finances are coming their way. Doors are opening for jobs and increase in business. I speak it in the name of Jesus. And Father, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. And so Lord, right now, I release healing upon every person who is battling with sickness or disease, flu and COVID or whatever it is. I rebuke that sickness over their lives in Jesus' name. I declare them set free from sickness and disease right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you respond to our prayers. In fact, you said in your word you delight in the prayers of your people. Thank you, Father. Thank you for answering those prayers today in Jesus' name.